the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. You've got Dr. Mark and Larry Jones, and we are, I think we're going to cap off our review of the we last are. hundred shows, or the we first are. hundred shows, first I should hundred say, because yep. we've had two mm-hmm. shows talking about the previous hundred shows. We have. So are we at show 103 now? Is that we how that are. works? And I think we're going to finish that up today, and then later on in the show, Dr. Mark, yep. we've got Dr. Kate Zendel coming on with us for the last two segments to talk about the practice of dermatology. Oh, that'll be excellent. Our all Floridians keep your ears open because that's, that's right. definitely, definitely important. Very important. Well, yeah. what we left off on our last discussion, we wanted to cover a few things uh, that we, we talk about in a lot of shows, yep. quite frankly. We yep. probably talk about Big Pharma 90% of the shows. Um, it comes in somewhere, yep. and there's a reason yep. for that. Because, yes. I mean, they account for the expenditures yep. of, of a, a, a majority of what yes. we see in healthcare costs. Drug prescriptions have jumped up to being 25% of the total healthcare expenditure today, Dr. Mark. Yeah, which is incredible when yep. you think about how many people are on no medications. Right. So you're looking at a segment of the population that's utilizing yep. that part of healthcare costs. And whenever we, whenever something new comes up, I mean, there, there's that cycle, right? Mm-hmm. We, we come up, we, we need advances in, in all angles, yes. right? Where we, the United States is, is great at advancing every science and, and healthcare is, you know, we're, we're, the, we're the best. Yeah. Well, there was one point of that, I think that uh, you may remember, we indicated that the entire R&D research and yes. development of all of pharma all in the world is yep. funded by the United States of right. America. Right. And and when we say that, we don't mean that the government funds it. No. We mean that the company looks at how they're going to collect what they spend on R&D exactly. by drug costs. Yes. So that's why you hear people saying, well, gee, you know, we pay a lot more for drug X than they do in Canada yeah, or exactly. than they do in Germany. And that is a large percentage of why. Yes. Not, yes. not the only reason, but a large percentage of why. And it's it's frustrating. Yep. It's it's frustrating today when yep. that when that began. It was probably it's it's kind of like I guess it's kind of like NATO, right? When we've got a group of folks yep. and they all look at the the big brother, if you will, of yep. the United States mm-hmm. of saying, "Well, you're going to pay the lion's share." Well, just like NATO, the cost that we're talking about has gone up yep. a hundredfold or something, and now we're looking at drug costs for individuals that are really being impacted. Well, if you remember early on uh, last year, uh, the the pharma industry came out with a product for hopefully advancing the treatment of Alzheimer's. Right, a monoclonal antibody. Adahelm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you recall, it came out, it was $58,000 a year. Yeah, 50, or 56 or, yeah, 56 like or whatever. And that was just remember. for the medication, yes. not what it was going to cost to apply the drug or follow up. Yep, yep. And then... For some reason, it was approved by CMS 
initially based on the recommendations from the CDC. And as you remember, there were quite some side effects to that drug, and then it was pulled out. Well, it was, and it's so, only in case well, studies so the, now. So I think, I think it was the FDA that approved it. FDA approved it, And then it, yes. we immediately came on and said, right. how is CMS going to agree to this? Because yeah. if the majority the of the, the yeah. folks are going to be on Medicare, yeah. and if they start spending 56000 a year yeah. on these, you know, there are 6 million people in, in the U.S. with Alzheimer's. That's right. And so if you do that math, you got to assume that the, the yeah. vast majority of those are on Medicare, and Medicare would be over in two two years. And we predicted it day one yeah, that absolutely. it wasn't going to work. So so CMS came forward and said, okay, first of all, you know, we're not seeing the drugs. It wasn't really the side effects, actually. It right. was we're not seeing that these studies demonstrated the efficacy that would that would hold up to the claims. So they backed down and said, you know, first CMS said we're not going to cover it. Right. And then they came back and there were some discussions and they said, well, we're going to cover it at half of that cost about 25, right. yeah, 26, it dropped 000. it to about 50%. Yeah. So, and you only were on that if you were involved in a clinical study a to clinical evaluate study. outcomes correct. and side effects. That's right. And and that's kind of a weird thing, Larry. That's not how it works in the FDA. No. Well, yeah, and it's interesting. This particular instance of drugs with Adahelm actually made the FDA, HHS, and CMS take a re-look at how they're approving drugs. Yeah, yep, and and, it, and they needed to. Yeah. There's currently an, at least two other monoclonal antibodies for Alzheimer's that I know of that are yeah. under study mm-hmm. right now. And, I mean, I don't have any idea what the costs are going yep. to be, yep. but uh, but it, it's it's good because competition yep. helps, right? Right. And, and a better evaluation of how these drugs perform is right. extremely right. important. And, you know, the other thing we talked about, particularly in drugs, and I will go back to the cost in a minute, but who controls the delivery of prescription drugs in America? And it was basically pharmacy benefit managers, right. and there are three of them. Right. And we talked about those and who controls that, which I thought was an interesting conversation. But let's jump back into the – we talk about the R&D, Dr. Mark, but the profits right. in these pharmas is right. insane. There's no limitation. And, and, yeah. and yeah. I say that you know, not because I'm a communist, you right. know, but there, there are regulations on earnings on a lot of different industries in the United States. Yes. And it's typically based on these industries – having a certain level of service and necessity for yep. Americans. And for some reason, pharma has been left out of that. Tens um, of billions of dollars in yes, profits yes. by each pharma company. Well, that was the whole thing with uh, with Aldhelm was they, the estimation was that the company, was it Biogen? Biogen, Biogen, yes. mm-hmm. Biogen estimated that they were going to make $8 billion yes. on that drug. That's exactly right. right. And Good memory, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> apparently I don't need it. The yeah. Aldhelm. So, but uh, but no, no, nothing, nothing to kid about. Like you, you know no. very well that I have a, a family history of Alzheimer's, and this is very and, close. And to my I heart. do as well. Yeah, and so yep. so I'm looking for these monoclonal antibodies to yep. be a savior for those yes. six million people yes. and growing. So so it's not about that. It's it's about access shouldn't be limited because we're paying. R&D costs right. for the That's world. Right. And, okay? you know, just not to jump off of our recap of these shows, but in the last few weeks, there's been another drug introduced, and we'll get to that in another show uh, regarding Alzheimer's. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you remember seeing that on the on the news? No, I, I, like I say, yeah. I know there's new two yeah. new monoclonals. It was just introduced just in the last month. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting. The There's 
there you don't hear about any of these drugs while they're in trial. Right. So I'm not sure right. which one you're talking about, yeah. but, but I'd I, have to you know, look it up, yeah. but I don't so, have the name of it. Yeah. So it's but that level of profit based on a drug. And now, again, these are publicly traded companies and stockholders, which oh, are, yeah. you know, American, international. Makes their stock go up their, and down. Makes their stock, That's, right. So That's right. So I, I get that it's not just going in the pockets of some one individual, right. but I do sincerely believe we need to take a closer look at what profits are just overdone yeah. or how they can take those profits yeah. and put it back into support of, of the costs that yeah. we see for right. healthcare. Well, as you know, there's been some legislation recently about uh, the Medicare system being able to negotiate drugs in Canada Yes, and, and to try and lower the cost. Uh, I haven't seen much of an effect well, on that yet, Doctor. No, Mark, and, but, and it was well. Has that yeah. did did it go into? Yeah, it, it is went, legislation. It just went into, yeah, yeah, it went. Yeah, into, but, yeah. but it was it was touching. I mean, it was pretty touchy. It, it almost touchy. didn't pass. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I just can't remember what the start date was. If it uh, actually happened, seems yet. like it was January one of it this could year. Have been January. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's one piece. Yeah. And then the other thing, if you recall, in twenty four and twenty five. Based on uh, some legislation with the Biden administration, mm-hmm. we've got some controls on diabetic drugs right. that actually insulin. started this year. Right. So the maximum out-of-pocket yeah. for, for insulin measures. July 1, uh, it goes to $35 yeah. a month. 35 bucks a month, out-of-pocket. which is yeah. a huge decrease and, yeah. importantly, will affect a lot of people. You know, we're not talking about uh, a drug that's only used for just a, a, the the unfortunate a third of few. America is a third on of insulin. America. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So, that, so that's, that's another million piece. people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the, the frustration about that is that so many of those folks, not all of them, mm-hmm. but so many of those folks could be put in a position where they don't need that drug yeah. anymore. Exactly. And so instead, I mean, I can see people arguing that, you know, we're kind of enabling folks to not even try. Right. Uh, but so, I mean, there's there's two sides of that. Yeah. But when you look at something like Alzheimer's mm-hmm. or Parkinson's yeah. or these diseases that yeah. you have no way to manage that and, and yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's more genetics than yeah. anything else as far as we know, they are getting faced with these huge numbers of or potential numbers of uh, costs for drugs. Well, there's certainly a light at the end of the tunnel with this new legislation going from on average people bes- spend between 350 and $400 a month right. and it's going to go to $35 for insulin. So let me ask you this Larry though, mm-hmm. is that through government supplements? Or is or is the government supporting it because I believe the answer well, is yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So that yeah. does not That's decrease the price to the consumer. Right. That does not decrease the cost the of cost healthcare. Of- no. Overall, right? Absolutely. So good it's kind of kind Mark. of smoke and mirrors. It is, and and so what we're, it's very what, similar to the ACA with the subsidies right. that people are paying for just, premiums yeah, just, for healthcare. It's just kicking the can down the road exactly right. and making a number yep. look better. So don't yep. be fooled by that. Yep. And you know, I I knew that once we even just said pharma that yep. that this always gets oh, gets yeah. a lot. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll keep chatting. We'll talk about, about it. this forever. Oh yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, I think the the the, the message that I'm I'm fighting to get out mm-hmm. is that. It's that gross profit, and I mean gross in both both yep. manners. That gross profit that needs to be redirected into supporting yes. that healthcare yes. cost, yep. 
And I don't mean that. I mean, it's great. Well, they have the behind the R and D piece. They say, well, that's where those dollars of are going. Is. Of course, but and, that's not where all and, those dollars well, are going. Well, they report profit. Profit yeah. is profit is exactly. profit. That's after the R and D. So yeah. it's just it's just too much. Yeah, look at the cost of shares of big pharma. Yeah, right. You know where that's going. And, and we look at we look at insurance. You mentioned the ACA. Mm-hmm. So we look at insurance companies, and they are regulated. Yes. Now they found oh, yeah. some ways around it, and we'll yeah. talk about that in the, the next segment. It's how but, you work the numbers, but yeah, they're regulated to where administratively they can only use fifteen percent of those dollars, right, for that profit piece, yeah. for yeah. the profit piece. Yeah. So, 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 and 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 you know that's that is proof yeah. that it can be done yep. in an industry yep. Yep. in America that is in healthcare. And if if we didn't have that, what would the yep. cost of yep. insurance be today? Right. And right now. There, there are still reasons why every single year your health care insurance cost goes up. Continues to go and up. every single year the amount of money the insurance yeah. companies pay out to providers goes down. Right. So how how does that work, yeah. right? Yeah. But but we're as, as this segment we talked about pharma, mm-hmm. the focus needs to be on how do we make those profit numbers more reasonable and what do we do with that savings yeah. of, of, yeah. of expenditure against that right. that that four point six trillion dollars that exactly. we talk about every that's, week? That's going to ten tr- uh, eight, eight trillion, trillion by twenty thirty, yeah. which yeah. is I, I'm just seven short wrong. years away. Exactly. You exactly. know, we're gonna when we come back, Doctor Mark, we're gonna talk about mergers and acquisitions, and we we had a show recently on big health and how big is big health, right. and and what is the detriment or positive to that in the U.S. healthcare system. We're going to talk about healthcare at home and waste, fraud, and abuse. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You have found a Healthcare Now Studios. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We're here at segment two of the show, uh, recapping our first 100 shows. Yes. Uh, we took a little break. It's getting a little heated, talking about big pharma and big money. I know that always gets your blood pressure up when we talk about billions of dollars a month in profits. Well, I think if I say it louder, <laughs> you know, somebody else is going to hear and go, I mean, I need, I, need the, I need somebody to come up with an idea. We need to fix this. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's kind of yeah. beyond. But Larry, and, and again, you know, we're both capitalists, Dr. Mark, and absolutely. we believe in free enterprise. But enough is enough, well, particularly when it's impacting half of America that right. struggles to get their pharmacy drugs every month. Right. And, and when we have a model that clearly shows that we can restrict profits in healthcare, yep. Yep. and and when it starts with the providers, which are they're the most restricted, yep. 
and then insurance companies are restricted. Although I've got you know I've got no soft spot for them because they've figured out a way to make the billions of dollars on, oh, yeah. on in other oh, ways. Yeah. Sure. And we may we may get into that. Yep. But very clearly, this is this is an issue. And and we we haven't we haven't talked about things like some of the the really rare drugs and some no. of these incredibly exorbitant no, because haven't. at the at the end of the day yeah. that's not yeah. the big money yeah. that we're talking about yeah. mm-hmm. and and those profits for those companies yeah. really aren't there no. but we're talking about the common yeah. things yeah well let me speaking of that mm-hmm. uh, just the other day a friend of mine who has uh, osteoporosis yep and I was told that. This person, if they begin a regimen of weekly shots for six months, those shots will cost them $4,000 a month. Really? Just for osteoporosis. And it's not prolia. It's a different, which you get a wow. two, twice a year, you get right. a shot. And that's normally paid under Part B. Yep. But this under these, it. I don't know what the drug was, mm-hmm. but the person says, I can't do it. Yeah. Right, and no, they have serious osteoporosis. Yeah, no, and here that, again, yeah. this is exactly what we're talking That's about. That's another now. really common issue. Yeah. yeah, and you know, there's there are the d- arguments that well, you know, we've got a known treatment, and then we come up with a new treatment which is better because it's less frequent or less yep. invasive, yep. but it's going to cost more. Yep. So we're, you're getting government supported health care. Yep. Which, by the way, have we made it clear that your government-supported health care isn't free yet? Uh, have our listeners figured this out yet? I think we've right? made that pretty so, clear. So yep. it's not like everything is just free. You've paid into the system. That's right. And you're still paying you know, when you're, yep. when you're receiving this health care. So, yep. so that's not the, the issue there. Yep. Now, when you look at we, – we, we say we're, we're capitalists. Okay, yep, we say sure. we try to we try to remind our listeners because sometimes it sounds like we're looking for more control, right? But no, in those areas in socialized medicine, you're going to see yep. that everybody gets the same thing, and and it is free, That's so right. to speak. I mean, they're taxed yep. in different ways, yep. but it's free, and you're not going to see the opportunity for that next level, yep. right? Yep. So we we need to figure it out. Yep. We need to figure out a way to make this all work. Well, healthcare is growing at twice the GDP every year, Dr. Mark. The unsustainable. And that's what we're trying to impact. Sure. It's yep. not that we're going to slow down uh, the overall dollars maybe right. because more and more people are joining the roles of Medicare every year, mm-hmm. you know, 10,000 people a day. Right, right. Uh, and another 2 million between now and 2030. So when you look at the calculation of, of the of the GDP, so uh-huh. yep. so that's how much money is generated by the U.S. corporations, yes. right? And that's how correct. many, like whether they sell products or whatnot. Yeah. So the profits, gross that, domestic profit, right? So yep. the profits that we're talking about in pharma are included in that GDP. Yes. So as their profits go up, the GDP goes up. That's right. But what you just said was that the cost of healthcare. Is- Growing at double that and rate. Growing at double that rate. Gotcha. So even though that's being counted in the growth, it's still growing at double that rate. You're exactly okay, right. So now I am never going Gosh, to claim Dr. to be Mark, a mathematician. Did you ever major in math? I did. You know, I, I did. did. <laughs> but 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 you know what? That's not even math. That's abstract thinking. It is because it's it is. so unbelievable. It's crazy to support those numbers. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and that's where I start. You know, there's a to me. I think the thought of that 4.6 trillion dollars that's spent on healthcare. Mm-hmm. We're not just taking four point six trillion dollars and throwing it into a fire, right? Right. That that money is probably it goes somewhere. It goes into people's pockets. Yeah. 
but I guess it's the inequity of how it gets Goes there. Goes into yeah. everybody but the physician that's treating the patient's right? pocket. You know, unless they own a lot of stock in uh, United Healthcare true, and true. the big pharma industry, or right? they're doing well and value based. Yep, yep, yep. which and, they get shared savings. And they would probably yep. be they would probably be criticized if they did own a lot of stocks in those areas. That's right. You know. That's right. So yep. so so as all, all all those big problems. But yep. what what are what are some of our yep. other topics? Okay, you know we 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 could probably sit here and talk about pharma forever, but let's talk about another big subject that we talked about and that was how big is big health right. and mergers and acquisitions right. we've seen so much of that going on dr mark yep we saw really it was every couple of weeks we we're talking about a new group amazon yep. was the first mm-hmm. like the the idea with amazon berkshire hathaway yep. and jp morgan jp morgan you know, they yep. they came out really when we started the show um a couple of years ago they were going to they were, provide they were their own about, health plan right and, and then right. they quickly said you know what if we can take care of these three million people that's right we can take care of a hundred million yeah you that's know? right that's so right. pretty quickly the three of them said just kidding that imploded and so right. that they backed down and then yep. each of them has continued to talk yep. about health care yep. amazon has done the most yes. to try to stay yep. in the game yep. Yep. but again we said in the beginning yep. amazon they're a logistics company. They are the best right. logistics and, company. You know, they introduced PillPack a couple of years ago, yeah. and that well, is they, the they largest distributor. They, they, they bought it. They bought it. They that's bought right. it. Yeah. And that's the largest distributor of prescription drugs in America today. Right. And that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But then they started to reach out and try to get into face-to-face provider, person-to-person healthcare. Yeah. And that's yeah. where we cried foul. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sure enough. They have sort of backed yep. down from that. And what you're referring to is their Amazon Care program. Yep. yep. So they've, they've stepped yep. away, yep. and now they're looking at more telehealth things. But again, still yep. things that are fringe. They're not yep. – it's not about a commodity. No. And, I mean, if they were looking at dur- yep. durable medical good delivery, I can see that, but not services. Yep. So we'll see. Yep. And I guess in the last two, three months, yep. they've had other struggles in, in the financial world. Yeah, they And have. I expect them to really fade out on what they're going to do in medicine. But then you've got other groups well, like Walgreens. Before you get off, oh, I'm sorry. off of that, let's go back to Amazon. How often when you leave your house and even drive to the store, do you not pass an Amazon truck? 100% of the time. Almost every time right. I'm out. Yeah, no, they're no question. Everywhere. No question. Yeah. And and I guess, you know, we're not we're not a business show, but I mean, their, yeah. their stocks have taken a big hit they and they just announced they were going to have gonna, more layoffs. They're going to drop 10% of their employees, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Yep. More layoffs mm-hmm. because they've overexpanded. They were yep. building all yep. these distribution centers yes. and a lot of cities were counting on a, yep. on a good number a of jobs. They built a big one here in Orlando. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And there's a lot of them that are just yep. sitting empty. But, yep. but anyway, we're yep. kind of off topic. Yep. So yep. so I think we'll talk be talking less about Amazon and healthcare as we go forward. I, th- I, I think so. And then you've got Walgreens, Walmart, and yep. CVS Health, and that's the primary care venture capital. Exactly, movement. they're yep. they're they're literally looking at 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 what's the motive here? I mean, yep. so if we can get the patient in our facility right. and get their annual well check or get their after hours check and yep. whatever they need, we have. Yep. Okay, yep. so I see the mm-hmm. connection. Yep. But the destruction of primary care yep. Yep. and the destruction of yep. true longitudinal yep. care with one provider and the, the people mm-hmm. he takes care for, yep. um, it is, that's yeah. hurtful to Dr. us. Dr. Mark, later this year, I'm not sure when, we're actually going to do a whole show on the demise of primary care in America. Or the attack. The, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's titled The yeah. Demise. Yeah, yeah. But, but is it that and why? Yeah. And yeah, how, no, it's good. how does that impact yeah, and, uh, and this is a this is a big part of you it. You as a listener, right? Yeah. And and right. I and again, you know, it's very easy 
to pick a side, right? Yeah. And when you were, if you're on the side of these these successful corporations, I mean, we love a lot of what CVS Health does, right? Oh yeah. I mean, Without just to pick doubt. them out, we actually and, are partners with yeah, CVS right. Health so, in the Medicare so, ACL Reach program. Right, so it's not a personal yep. issue, but I think perhaps an unintended yep. or better better term being an ignored consequence. Yep of hiring primary care docs to work in that commercial entity uh, is yeah. it's going to take out the independence. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Walgreens Village MD earlier. Yes. Obviously, they're uh, moving across the country. They're here in Orlando as well, yep. all over central Florida. Mm-hmm. You got CVS Health wanting to move most of their 1,100 or I don't know how many office uh, stores. stores they have across the country into primary care clinics. And then, of course, you got Walmart. And if you recall several years ago, I got a call from the chief medical officer of Walmart wanting to know if our IPA physicians would uh, staff their Walmart exactly. clinics. I mean, which is like I said, the, are you serious? Yeah, the opposite of what we're <laughs> exactly. Do. You know, and and when you look at these companies, very successful companies, CVS Health owns Aetna. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. So now they're in they're in the marketing. They're in, so they're involved with pharma through they're their pharmacies, yep. right? Yep. And they're involved in. Uh, in medical goods, yep. and now they've also are a payer. So yep. Yep. they, I, you have to give them credit for yep. being in a level of expertise in all of those areas, yes. and they've done it more by acquisition. Yep. And so it, that that makes that makes some sense. Yep. But this primary care piece is hurtful. Yes, I mean I think particularly and, you know, when we're trying to protect and preserve the independent practice of medicine. Yeah, I do. I feel like yep. you know what I'd rather. Why why don't we do it like NASCAR? So we take those primary care docs and on their lab coat, you know, we just put a CVS sticker on there and, and you yep. know, make it a sponsorship, you know, and right. let them let them maintain their right. their uh, individuality. But right. uh, but but have somebody that they uh, they, they work with. They advertise right. For. Right. But, you know, we're I'm only half of, joking. You know, I'm only half I, joking. I hear yeah. you. No, I, I I'm totally I'm hoping somebody's that. listening yeah. at CVS. That they're, and again, they're I want to tie this up. So, you know, we've talked about the movement of health care into the home. Right. We've talked about fraud and waste and abuse. Uh, we've talked about telehealth, the movement during the COVID issues. And one of the big things that we're beginning to see more and more of is health equity and health disparity. And you're going to see that in almost every program that comes out of the federal government going forward. Yes. I mean, I think yeah. I think we're, there's there's a lot of uh, I mean, that's been high in, in conversation uh, in this past decade. Yes. And it's not it's not COVID related. It's not economically related. It's related to access. We're trying yep. to identify why is access not equal for all. That's right. And clearly, you know, those those are issues that are there. Yep. Yep. But I'll tell you, Larry, it's been disheartening this last year, the number of folks high up in government that are naysayers Absolutely. and that are fighting that that movement, if you will, um, for for fear of I don't know what and don't really want to talk about. Well, I think but, it's know. a black hole in many regards to the bureaucrats, not the healthcare professionals, but to the bureaucrats. Well, I think you're being kind because I think it's a it's not a black hole. It's it's well lit by voter constituency and how re-election has. Well and, said. And, you know, it, it, yep. there's no better way to end this uh, discussion on our last hundred shows mm-hmm. as to, say, make one political statement because, as our listener knows, yep. we really try to stay away from we politics. We try to stay away from But that. when it yep. comes to arguing against access, yep. there can only be one reason. I, I'll let that stand, Dr. Mark. You All know, right. uh, next week we start our third year as a broadcast on Healthcare Now. 
Pretty exciting. And it has been a pleasure, yep. Dr. Mark. No, it's been great. Yep. In our next two segments, we're going to be talking to a local dermatologist and going to share some really great information. Yes. So yes. we will be right back. Okay. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You have found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studios. And, you know, we, we talked about this on our, our uh, last 100 shows, how we've had yep. some great guests over the year. Yes. A year and a, years now. Years. Yeah, yeah. two years. We're two actually years. starting yeah. year Definitely. three, we're, Dr. We're Mark. Plural. Yes, yeah, we're plural. Right. Yes, we, we made a big move. <laughs> well, we have one of those guests today, and I'm yeah. going to let you do the introduction, and I hope we get a couple of segments of uh, conversation yes. here. Yes, well, you know, we have not had the practice of dermatology on the nope. show, Mm-mm. and that's a very important. We have Dr. Kate Zendel with the Dermatology Group right. with us today. Uh, good afternoon, Dr. Zendel. Hi. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are thrilled to have you, and we want to spend some time talking about the medical specialty of dermatology and all the things that you do. So if you could just take a minute and and introduce, I know you're board-certified dermatology, and you're with the dermatology group. I believe you guys have offices in Longwood and Mount Dora. Is that correct? Yes, actually, we, we have uh, four offices, Longwood, Mount Dora, Winter Park, and Orlando. So oh, okay. Great, great. Okay. okay. central Florida area. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, tell us, tell us a little bit about how, how you came to be as far as dermatology goes. I mean, I'm, as, I mean, you know, I've got all my medical students, and I've always got a few that are interested in dermatology, which is a, a very competitive space. And so we have them sure. all around the city trying to uh, do their best to get there. But l- tell us a little bit about your story. Well, Personally, I, I actually never um, envisioned that dermatology would end up being my specialty. I, I always had a strong interest in women's health care, and I really thought I was going to be an OBGYN throughout all of medical school almost. But in my third year, I was introduced to dermatology through a friend of mine who was uh, a resident uh, in my program. And I did a rotation my fourth year, first rotation of fourth year of medical school, and just totally fell in love with it. Um, It's a wonderful specialty that allows you to really do so many different things. Um, You can practice medical dermatology. um, You can treat a very wide variety of different conditions. And you can also do procedures and surgery. Right. So um, when I, I really, when I worked, you know, in the dermatology clinic uh, at my hospital where I trained, which was in Philadelphia, um, that that really sealed the deal for me, and I decided to pursue dermatology. 
Nice. As a fourth year medical student. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a neat balance because you do get some longitudinal care, you get some procedures, and and there are. I've got one of my best friends uh, that I went to to college and med school with is a dermatologist up in Atlanta. And I just kind of, it's hard to keep up with him. You know, he's got, he's gone the yeah. Mose route and he really, yep. I mean, there's yeah. really a lot, a lot of opportunity. And then is there Absolutely. a better place in the world to practice dermatology than Florida? Than in Florida. I mean, That's it, right. you know, we've got some of the largest need anywhere. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would imagine. Uh, absolutely. I mean, Florida, uh, the need for dermatology here is huge. Um, just because of our, our, intense amount of sun exposure that right. you get year-round. Um, so, yes, practicing dermatology here is very busy and very rewarding. Excellent. Well, Excellent. let me throw out a couple stats that I think you might be interested in. There are 370,000 dermatologists in the country, and that only represents about 3.5% of all physicians in America. And I thought that yeah. was very interesting. Very small percentage of physicians go into this field. But yet in Florida... Texas, California, and New York are the largest concentration of dermatologists in the country. And last year, there were 39 million dermatology visits in America. Wow. Those are some big numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It just may, probably makes you tired just hearing those stats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the need for dermatologists is definitely great. And that is why, you know, I think a lot of patients... Um, experience. You know, sometimes it's difficult to get in to see a dermatologist or sometimes sure. there's a, a long wait period um, because the demand, I think, does sometimes outpace the supply. Yeah, and that's interesting because I say it's one of the most challenging and competitive spaces for uh, med students to progress on to residency. Um, and I, it's just, I guess it's just due to the number of training programs, what the opportunity is for training programs. Yep. Is that the limiting I factor? I think yeah. I think it's a bottleneck. Yes, I think it's a bottleneck yeah. situation of, you know, the training programs have a limited number of spaces and, you know, only so, so many board certified dermatologists can be graduated each year. Right. And I just think the demand kind of exceeds. And are you that. seeing a growth in this practice uh, specialty, Dr. Zindel? Absolutely. I mean, even, you know, I've been with this practice, I've been with the dermatology group for, um, this will be my 10th year this year. Mm-hmm. And, um, just in that time, our, our own practice has grown immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, our group has been in practice for over 42 years in Central Florida. But, um, you know, in the time that I've been with, with our practice, uh, multiple new physicians have been added. We have added two different offices. Um, and we all carry very busy patient loads. So that's wonderful. Do you have any physician extenders in the practices? We do. So um, we have three wonderful uh, dermatology PAs, mm-hmm. physician assistants, who do help uh, and function as uh, extenders, physician extenders in our practice and help us to care for our high volume of patients. Yeah, it seems like that it would be a good space for that. I mean, when we look at at the specific needs and then some of the more general exam needs that, that, that would be a, that, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So I was kind of curious sure. about that because we've, we've got the students in, in dermatology, I'm sorry, in yeah. the PA school here as well in, in Orlando. And so uh, I've got a couple of them that have been doing some rotations. So. Yeah. Dr. Zendel, I don't know if I briefed you ahead of time, Dr. Chayat or Dr. Mark, we call him on the air. He was a pediatric surgeon for 23 years 
and uh, just recently, about a year ago, became the dean of the FSU uh, College of Medicine Orlando campus here in Orlando. Oh, so, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it sort of has changed my focus a little bit to uh, not, to look more at all the other specialties and and not just because of what my family calls me up and says, hey, do you know a good dermatologist and send too? But now I've got a, sure. a whole a whole new yeah. angle on it. So well, kind of, for kind our listeners, I can, I can vouch for Dr. Zendel because I've known her for about <laughs> six years, and she's taken really good care of me over the years. You know, yeah. uh, Dr. Zendel, like I sit across from him every week, and, and just looking at him, your work is cut out for you. I just <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you uh, keeping him healthy. So. So yeah, that that he he's he is uh, definitely one of our Floridians that's been here and yes. and uh, you know is is at the at risk population. I've had my share of uh, skin cancers. There you as are. She well there knows. Are. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, well, you know, yesterday was big news. Uh, the the first lady yes. had some uh, skin cancers yeah. excised, and and I you know I can only imagine that that's a procedure yeah. that that you do. Routine. A dozen times a day, but but I, probably not too many of them are making the news, are they? Uh, no, not not my patients, <laughs> but I did I did see that as well. Um, but yes, I mean skin cancer, you know, is a huge focus of our practice, just by necessity where we practice in Florida here. Um, and so I am a general medical dermatologist, which means that I both the rashes, acne, eczema, psoriasis, those kinds of conditions. But I also, of course, do a lot of skin checks um, and also surgeries to remove skin cancers for my patients, um, depending on what the location of the skin cancer is. Um, I may be the one to treat it, or we also have um, three board-certified Mohs surgeons in, the, in our practice oh, great. who mm-hmm. are specialized in treating higher-risk skin cancers on the face, head and neck, um, and some other locations. Yeah. Well, Dr. Zendel, could you talk about the, the different kinds of skin cancers and, and how that relates to the things that you do every day? Sure. So uh, non-melanoma skin cancer is by far the most common type of skin cancer, and that includes basal cell carcinoma, which is the most common skin cancer that we see, uh, followed by squamous cell carcinoma, which is also very common. Um, then separately, there is melanoma skin cancer, which is, a different type of skin cancer, it arises from the pigment-producing cells in the skin. So those three skin cancers are completely different from each other. Some people um, don't realize that or think, for example, that if you leave a basal cell untreated, it could progress to become a melanoma, which is not the case. They're different, they're separate, and we treat them differently. Um, so day-to-day in our practice, you know, what we're doing a lot of the time is skin checks, either preventative skin checks for patients who've never had skin cancer or um, follow-up, you know, full-body skin exams for patients who do have a history of skin cancer. And we are using uh, often a tool called a dermatoscope to closely examine the skin and look for any features of non-melanoma skin cancer or melanoma and pigmented lesions. So... You know, this is our show is 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 consumer oriented, right? And educational, so, yeah. And yep. and I think it's very very important when we think about things that keep people from going to see their physician. Fear yep. fear is a big one. And if you could sort of kind of go over those those first two categories, the non melanomas, how 
common they are and how manageable they are because i think people really get i don't think i know people get really freaked out about the idea of this bump on my skin and and how often is it like nothing and even when it is something what's the consequence and and included in that doctors and dell talk about if if you do not get it treated what the end result could be of those basal and squamous sure well i mean so um it's funny because, you know, a lot of times when a patient comes in for a skin check, not always, but it is very common that the things that they might be concerned about are actually not things that I'm concerned about. Right. They might be completely benign things. Um, uh, and then sometimes uh, patients are surprised because something that they wouldn't have even thought twice about is actually what I pick up as, you know, maybe a basal cell or maybe a squamous cell. Um, and... Yes, basal cell and squamous cell are incredibly common. Um, the good news is, you know, most of the time with early detection, we can treat those pretty easily in the office um, with any number of procedures that we have. And, and we don't always, um, there are different procedures, including surgery, but also some less invasive small surgical procedures that don't require stitches, for example. Or occasionally we also use um, a technique called superficial radiation therapy, which is a non-surgical technique to treat non-melanoma skin cancers in the office, depending on the patient and the location. Um, but most of those non-melanoma skin cancers, we, we are able to treat right in our office with local anesthesia. It doesn't require going to the hospital or the operating room or anything like that uh, the vast majority of the time. Right. And I think, you know, the bottom line on those is you're going to have follow-up, right? Because the the biggest thing is it's a predictor that you may have these future nuisances and they need to be followed. But I mean, that's sort of the messaging that I certainly give to family and friends is that's that's the outcome of that visit, right? It, it's now targeted you as an individual that if you have had one basal or one squamous, what's your likelihood of having another? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I always tell my patients who have had non-melanoma skin cancer that our goal with these, you know, six months, Skin exams is to detect these lesions as small and early as possible so that the treatment can be as simple as possible and not um, get to a point where it's going to, you know, interfere with their life or um, cause significant cosmetic, um, you know. Right. Make a small deal, a big deal. Dr. Zendel, if you'll stay with us, we're going to take a break and we'll come right back. Continue talking with Dr. Kate Zendel of Dermatology. We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. 
Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we've got Kate Sendell. She's a dermatologist here in Orlando, and we've had a, a session we talked a little bit about some of the common yeah. skin cancers. And I think in this last great, uh, great last discussion. part of the show, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about prevention. Yes, uh, But I do want to sort of sum up the discussion on basal and squamous and most of most of these, if you catch it early yeah. enough, it's taken care of in the office. Yeah. And a and big then important get into point the melanoma is, is discussion coming, coming a little bit, bit exactly. which is much more serious. Exactly. Yeah. So, so when we when we look at prevention, are we looking at prevention of just the basal and squamous, or does how does melanoma fit into that piece? Right. Um, well, I mean, so sun sun plays a role in all three um, of those types of skin cancer. Um, in melanoma, other factors do come into play as well, like genetics, but the more you are able to avoid, you know, UVA and UVB radiation from the sun, um, the, the more you're going to be able to decrease your risk for all three of those skin cancers. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. So the, the seriousness of melanoma, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, yeah, so melanoma, you know, up definitely can be um, the most serious, one of the most serious types of skin cancer um, because when melanomas are deeper, often when they're deeper than one millimeter, um, there is, you know, a chance that the melanoma cancer cells can spread to lymph nodes and then sometimes, you know, of course, to other areas of the body as well. So they can, they can metastasize. Mm-hmm. So that, um, and that can be fatal sometimes. So melanoma is a very serious type of skin cancer. I think, um, you know, some, sometimes patients don't understand that, actually. They think that all skin cancers can just be easily treated in the office right, and, right. you know, nothing, nothing really bad could ever happen for the skin cancer, but that, right. that is not the case. Um, so melanoma is a very serious type, and... Um, and the prevalence of the incidence of melanoma has been increasing over the past several decades. But I think the good news behind that number is that that is probably in large part to yeah. us detecting melanoma a lot earlier, yeah. at a lot earlier stages these days. Right. Because right. So, we, we yeah, do that, have now right. dermatoscopy and things you, like that to help. Yeah. I'll give you a quick uh, scenario. Many years ago, I had a very good friend who was a OBGYN over in the Cocoa Beach area. I was in his office one day, and he was one of these guys kind of balding, not not that old, very fair complexion right on the beach. Mm-hmm. We were having lunch in his office. He scratched his top of his head, and it started bleeding really bad. He went down the hall to a dermatologist in the same building. A year later, he died of melanoma. Yeah, it can be crazy like that, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I think, can, yeah. can you speak to that, Dr. Zendel? Sure. I mean, well, that's that's the scenario we never want to have yeah. happen with melanoma, right? Where you catch it at a late stage and it's too late. Um, so, I, you know, ideally, you know, with with skin exams, um, our goal is to catch melanoma at the earliest possible stage. Which the vast majority of the melanomas that I diagnose in my practice are called melanoma in situ, which means it's only limited to the very top layer of the skin called the epidermis. Right. And that's critical because melanoma in situ has a very high cure rate with surgical removal. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we hope it, we hope we rarely find those melanomas that are you know already deep at the time of diagnosis. Yeah, and I think in the last you know since 
I was in medical school over the last few decades, the treatment for even those more advanced processes has improved a great deal. Oh, and I absolutely. mean, we usually, we had nothing before. I mean, I guess, is, right. it, is it the inter- interleukin therapies that are the still the, the save all or? Well, so, it, you know, it used to be that um, interferon, for example, was just kind of like a broad, uh, you know, immune therapy that we would try to use to fight mm-hmm. advanced melanoma. But, you know, now um, in the field of medical oncology, there's so many more targeted therapies right. um, that are used to treat melanoma skin cancer cells specifically. Um, so I, I actually have, you know, a good handful of patients with advanced or metastatic melanoma who live pretty, pretty normal lives uh, on, on therapy for those, for their disease. Yeah. So that's been, been, been a lot of advance for sure. But then again, it is also that disease that we hear in the news about someone who had it 10 years or more had, had it cured and, and then back. it comes back. That's so right. it is a pretty it is a pretty scary yeah. promise. To, you hear and, the word melanoma, you better pay yeah. attention. Now yeah. you mentioned the genetic propensity for yeah. for melanoma versus others. I mean, what are the things? Obviously, if someone sees a a pigmented lesion on their skin, and and we talk about you know at, for for teaching medical students and residents, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a number of things that make it suspicious or not suspicious. But we mm-hmm. don't really want our patients tied up in that. We want them to see. And act right, and let let, right. let you tell them that they have nothing to worry about. So, what are those? What are the things that would trigger what you know? You would hope a patient would give you guys a call and, and set up an appointment. Right. Well, so what's typically um, I think taught, you know, are the ABCDs of melanoma. So, looking for things like asymmetry, um, irregular border, more than one color within a lesion, or diameter bigger than a pencil eraser. But I actually, and those things are important, but I also think that the E, which stands for evolution, is probably the most important. So I always tell patients, know your skin, do a self-skin exam, try to do it monthly in a mirror so you can see your full body, and try to know, you know, what's on your body. And if you notice anything that's changing significantly in any way, whether it's getting bigger, whether it's getting darker, whether you just look at it and say, hey, that one looks weird for some reason to me. It's, it's an ugly duckling, you know. Right. Those are the things that I want patients to call me about um, and have it checked out. Yeah, and to be clear, I mean, just to to dissuade those who would avoid seeing a physician through fear, which is extremely common. It, there, the majority of the time, you're going to look at that and go, "Yeah, you know what? Glad you came in, but that's okay. We'll see you again in a year, right?" I mean, it's not right. it's not a, a sentence of, of yeah. that any therapy is needed. Well, you know, you mentioned we'll see you in a year. Dr. Zendel, how often should a person go to a dermatologist? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for a patient who doesn't have any history of skin cancer, it's not like other um, some other specialties where there's like a you know a recommendation, uh, an official recommendation um, on how often patients should see a dermatologist. But I think most people living in Florida who are right, yeah, chronically exposed <laughs> to the sun can benefit from seeing a dermatologist annually. And then, okay. of course, if you have a history of skin cancer, that might be more frequent yeah. on your history. And, right. you know, in the insurance world, you do not need an authorization from a primary care doctor to see a dermatologist. Yeah, that hasn't it's always called, been that way. It's called direct access. Yeah, direct access, yeah. which is yeah. which is huge, yeah. Which and is I, very important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was probably driven by the melanoma 
issues yeah. because because yeah. you know as we're as, when we're talking about insurance and you know they're looking at outcomes and costs and you know that's definitely definitely an important thing. But you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you know if you live in Florida and you're not covered from head to toe and stay inside all day long. Um, right. it, it's very, uh, very wise to make a visit and, you know, maybe you do that and they say, no, you look yeah. fine. You know, there, there isn't a set time then, but you just need to continue to be aware yeah. of what changes might, might and occur. And while we're talking about UV rays and being in the sun, I mean, everybody in Florida goes to the beach. What types of skin protection should people be using? You know, you see this, well, this is a 15 or a 50 or whatever, any mm-hmm. any thoughts on that, Dr. Zendel? I bet there are thoughts on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, so uh, I, basically what I tell my patients is, um, first of all, I think sunscreen is safe. You know, there's been, con- there's been some controversy in the past five years or so about, you know, the safety of sunscreen. Um, I think the sunscreens that are available on the market today are safe, um, especially considering, you know, how much of the product you're using and that it's being applied topically on your skin. But I always tell patients, SPF 30 or higher, you want to make sure that it's a broad spectrum, UVA and UVB protection, which the vast majority of the sunscreen that's on the market today is. But the really important thing, I think, especially in a place like Florida, is, you know, sunscreen, putting on sunscreen does not give you license uh, to, you know, then bask in your chair on the beach for the full day and, and you know. And getting in and protection. out of the water. Right. Because you're still getting tons of sun exposure you know, with sunscreen on. So I always tell people, you know, it's still really important to have shade um, and to even, if you know you're going to be on a boat or at the beach for a long period of time, you know, sun protective clothing is great as well to give an added layer of protection. Yeah, hats, 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 and hats, yeah. right? I mean, it's so many of these uh, things that you look at are, are on our ears, forehead, scalp, yeah. and your shoulders. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's a, that's a big thing we push yeah. for. Well, maybe a myth out there is that all skin cancers are not caused by the sun. Is that what I'm hearing here? Yeah, not not all. Um, many of them are. So, um, you know, basal cells, it's interesting. We tend to see those in areas that have been repeatedly burned. So, you know, areas that have had, you know, when you were a kid or teenager, you know, you had that repeated burn on your nose or on your shoulders or right along your hairline. You know, there's little areas where you kind of mess with sunscreen. That's often where we see basal cell carcinomas, whereas squamous cell carcinomas like to occur on, like, very chronically sun-exposed skin. Mm-hmm. Um, not, necessarily, think, not necessarily history of burn, but just exposure. Yeah, it's just the exposure. And then, um, you know, people often think, for example, I have a lot of patients who think, oh, you don't need to check my um, lower body or um, my feet because that never sees the sun, you know, but... Melanoma can definitely arise in non-sun exposed areas. Right. Um, so, you know, mel- melanoma also occurs in the eye um, and in other places that never see the sun. So there's more than just sun exposure that's playing a role with. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about the, the uh, sun tanning machines out there? Are they, are they also a risk or do they use a different type of uh, tanning mechanism? No, they are actually a much, much greater risk. There you go. Even natural I was kind of I was kind of teeing you up for that one. Yeah, So you can. Yeah, the levels of UVA uh, radiation and UVB radiation that are yeah. coming from tanning beds are yeah. um, much greater than natural sun exposure. They yeah. really, really increase your risk. Yeah, I do not know why anyone would ever get in one of those tanks. 
Well, you know, I mean, I, I can't. I got to say that that my family, we we can kind of get a easy tan and haven't had that that desire to go in there. Mm-hmm. But when talking to folks, you're right. I mean, they can. That it, it is a higher risk. Yeah. It's not a natural. Uh, it's not a natural component. Our skin yeah. doesn't know anything about what, what you just put them through. Right. So, really interesting. Right. Well, this was great. This is something that we need to stay yeah. top of top of uh, information here in Florida, especially. And I want to thank you for coming on. We're going to read out your yeah. your uh, contact information yeah. now to make sure our listeners know how to reach out and how to find you and your uh, your. Yeah practicing partners but thank you so much for being with us today yeah doctor thank you so much for having me dr kate zandell dermatology group they have four offices in orlando but their longwood office is 407-332-8080 see and if you go there you might run into larry are you having him come in three times a week now (laughs) actually i come in twice a year twice a year okay okay that's pretty good yeah Yeah. well thank you again and we'll have to have you back Uh, and then you just enjoy the uh Enjoy the, the wintertime where we still have sun here in Florida. Right. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you so much, Dr. Zendel. Well, that was Dr. Kate Zendel. Yes. Uh, Larry gave you out mm-hmm. the information. That was great, Larry. And I think, that that, you know, we need to uh, focus on all sorts of health care, but, but skin care yep. is something that's really important. Well, you know, we encourage our listeners to get their annual wellness visit. Yep. But also get their annual dermatology visit. Pay attention to your skin and your Florida. Florida skin. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.